0: Hello, and welcome to this uh, bonus episode of Do You Love Us? I'm Adam Scott Glasspool, and today it's just me. Um, I don't have any big mates present, but I am joined by a special guest. So I'm kind of doing my uh, impression of Adam Buxton, where I'm just here at the beginning to kind of introduce an interview that I've done. Uh, I don't have a dog, but I am hanging out with my gecko, who's a very good boy. Can, hello? He's very quiet um so today's guest is emily hyatt who has been a actually preachers fan for a very long time and we have a nice casual chat and we talk about fandom and we talk about devotion and we talk about our journeys uh being manic street preachers fans and we also talk about the fact that she was involved in the secret seven inch project um which is a very cool project where they select seven songs print them onto limited edition vinyl and every single one has uh, a unique piece of artwork uh, for one of which emily was the contributor uh, this actually then led to emily being part uh, of and subject of a film by paul wyatt called for the record um, that again kind of delves into some of the stuff that we delve into in this episode um, fan kind of obsession, devotion, uh, collecting, and also mental health as well. Um, it's a fun chat. I really had a great time talking to Emily, um, and I'm going to play that for you now. All right, I'll probably see you at the end. Okay, enjoy. the
1: easy thing to start
0: it's it's something that we we talked about at the beginning of the podcast was uh having uh a fan voice on um so how does it feel to be representing all manic street preachers fans
1: daunting <laughs> 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 they're such an eclectic bunch
0: ah uh, they are yes they can also be quite a particular bunch um, yeah they can but you've been a a manix fan for for years and years and years right yeah and um I have been a Manics fan for years and years and years, and I'm not tiring you with this brush, but some people have called me obsessive. Um, and uh, in conversations with you, I think that, that word has come up, but uh, you prefer the term special interest. Is that right?
1: <laughs> well, that's an autism-specific term, as you probably yeah, 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 know. Yeah. Uh, yes, I say that, oh, James Dean Bradfield in particular is my special interest. But, you know, it's it is an obsession. But... <laughs> Like you said, there's such a, a nasty attachment to that word. Like, um, if I call it a special interest, it, there's a lot less stigma attached to it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot less of the connotation that we're sort of uh, waiting outside of their homes. And uh, <laughs> stuff that's like the that. thing.
1: It's obsessed with being a. It, obsession is, is sort of equated with being a stalker.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, no, I do not want to know what goes on in James's personal life. It's all, it's kind of ill to me, you know. <laughs> He's like a pop star. I don't want to know his personal shit.
0: Have you Have you ever met him?
1: Yes, quite what a lot was, of times. Uh,
0: how How was that for you? Um,
1: I'm trying to think. Well, now it's fine because I've met him so many times. He knows my face, and it's just like right, hey, yeah. James. How are you? what you? you again. You know, we have a bit of a chat. So it's fine now. Um, the first time I met him was in two thousand and one, and I was hammered. Uh, <laughs> And I was wearing a schoolgirl outfit, feather boa.
0: Oh well, that's a hell of an impression.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was—I was—I was, I was nineteen. Yeah, I was nineteen, and I was with all my mates. And it was when um, they did "Know Your Enemy" at the Manchester Apollo, and they did oh, yeah. "Signing the Virgin." And um, yeah, it was just all horrendous. I don't even remember what I said to him. I had so much vodka, but I'm sure I was moved along. You know, <laughs> after I got my thing signed, but. The first time I met him, after because my obsession sort of came in two waves. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: because Radiohead were my main obsession back in that oh, sort of era with of No Your Enemy. But when, when they became my second, you know, when man, The Man escaped became my first obsession um, in, like, 2014, 2015, um, then I met James... And it, yeah, for the first time in that many years. And yeah, he was very nice. And he was with Andy Cairns. So it was a two for one. Oh, Andy.
0: nice. <laughs> I was very
1: happy with that.
0: So you you had been a fan kind of in the earlier sort of incarnation of the band and then took a break from them and then came back to them. Is that right?
1: Sort of, yeah. So I went, um, I'll try and do this as quickly as possible.
0: No, um, no, 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 no. We've got, we have got so much time, honestly, Emily. Have okay. You- <laughs> I don't know if you've heard our podcast or not, but it, they, you know, they are long episodes and we've got as much time as you want to kind of to kind of talk about these things. Um, so, yeah, take us on your Manic Street Preachers journey. How did it all start? How did you get into them?
1: Okay, uh, there was an article uh, which I should have got. Well, basically, first off, when I was 13, um, I got into Oasis and Blur because it was 1995. Okay. It was the Britpop Wars.
0: So that is the first kind of music that sort of spoke to you, like on well, a personal level. Was it Oasis?
1: Erasure was the first.
0: Oh, okay. Do you know but... what? I'm not that familiar with Erasure. Yeah,
1: I, mean, I know it's...
0: the name, but I don't know the. I couldn't. I couldn't name you a song. I don't think. Oh, uh,
1: okay. It's like eighties, very eighties synth pop. I mean, they did. Uh, you know, um... God, it and an all sorts of pop. You'd know. You'd know songs from the radio,
0: but probably, probably you yeah. If you stuck on a greatest hits. I'm, I'm I'm writing it down. Actually, I better go and research Erasure. There's another <laughs> band to add to my list of things to listen to. So um, we're around the time of Oasis and Blur. So how do the Manics fit into that?
1: Right. Well, they they first off, I started buying the Enemy. Mm. So um, I was buying I started buying every issue because I was interested in getting into you know more music. Um, first came Radiohead. Um, then after that, I bought an issue and it had the Mannix in it. it they reprinted, it was the art end of 1995, and they'd reprinted an interview with Nicky and Richie. You, you know, the one with the Kevin, Kevin Cummings cover? Where oh, And they've got yes, love I bites do. on the neck and yeah, Richie's, yeah, yeah. I'm so, <laughs> yeah, he was being proper Richie in it. And, um, you know, as a sort of fucked up 13 year old, I was like, who oh, are these people? Oh, my goodness. Yeah
0: that you is know. that is like a lightning bolt from uh, from somewhere isn't it seeing pictures yes. like that when you're 13 it was yeah wow
1: like, oh. you know uh, so i was like i need to hear some music so uh, i trotted off to jem v and i got the first thing i could lay my hands on which was oh i've got it, I got it. <laughs> she says where are we going here oh it is
0: Oh, well, hang on, <laughs> let me have a look. What is, is that? She is suffering. Yeah. Oh, and signed by, uh, by a bunch of them as well. That's yeah, going to mean nothing to the people listening on a podcast. No, but, uh... it's not.
1: But, you know, <laughs> it, that's my baby. That's the first thing I ever got. So I loved that. I loved the B-sides. So um, I went to the record shop and there was a um, Gen- uh, Generation Terrorist spinal, So I got that. And then I picked up some Gats vinyl for my car boot sale. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. And then I got the Holy Bible. And then, you know. Um...
0: So you did it in order then, basically?
1: Ish. I Ish.
0: did, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: because yeah. I, didn't, I, ne- I didn't actually get the full Gats album until after I got the Holy Bible because I'd, I'd got all of, like I said, for some reason, all this vinyl was at this car boot and it was cheap. So, you know, cheap, vinyl was cheaper than CDs back then. So
0: yeah that is no longer the case oh,
1: good lord no <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so and and then they re-released new what riot in 1995 da- mm. uh, damaged goods did for some reason i so got that and um, yeah that's how it started really um
0: so you are you're a bit of a, a collector like in yes. general or just Mannix?
1: um it's mostly Mannix. i used to collect radiohead uh, but I sold a lot of my collection um,
0: okay.
1: in, like, 2004 or something. I've still got a decent Radiohead collection, but, yeah, it's a big Mannix collection.
0: Do you think that there is something particular or, or, or special about the Mannix that kind of sort of promotes that kind of way of, of engaging with them? Does that make sense?
1: Sort of. I'm trying to think. Um, what the sort of obsessive collecting...
0: Yeah, all, all of the Mannix fans that I've had any sort of length of conversation um, with all sort of, on some level, collect Mannix things. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They're, they're I think they're quite a difficult band to sort of be casually into. Does that yes. make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do know. I mean, my other half's like, are you a casual fan? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, you are now, aren't you? You well, probably.
0: I've
1: times, yeah, you probably were back in the day, but yeah. yeah. So... Saw them
0: 15 times. That's very casual.
1: Yeah, he's so, <laughs> casual.
0: so such, casual. Such a casual
1: fan. <laughs> okay, so your point's kind of valued there. But... <laughs> I suppose, yeah, I've met casual fans and um, there are such things, but the, the ones that you have a lot of interaction with, yes, on some level. And especially, you know, there's a great collecting community as well.
0: Um, there is, and the, but I think there's also something about their music or the way that they write music yeah. or the way that they carry themselves that that does kind of encourage that kind of, um, like, like, a deeper connection. I mean, if you, if you look at, like, the lyrics on the Holy Bible, there's so much stuff there to, like, delve into that if you wanted to, you could fill a whole library with With the literary connections of of just the holy Bible, you know, so yeah. I think they have this there's this thing about them that if you latch onto it, it really does encourage kind of uh yeah sort of like that collection or or that that deeper delve sort of mentality um which I think. Is anything that I'm saying making any sense? No, it
1: is, it is, yes, it is. I can't articulate why. I'm trying to think... uh, Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? ...why I agree to you, uh, why I agree with you. Um, I mean, they've always inspired a lot of... uh, You see, I can't tell where my sort of autism obsession thing ends and where a regular obsession begins.
0: Right, yeah. So I've always gone,
1: with with my special interests, I've always gone bang, you know, whether it be Pokemon, Radiohead, Dragon Mm. Ball Z, you know, (laughs) whatever my special interest is at the time, I've always gone right into it. But I suppose... um, yeah, I can, I, can, I can see that in neurotypical people, that level of devotion. Devotion's a great word, I'd say. Yes, for,
0: yeah, that is a good experience. word for it, actually, yeah.
1: It's because I guess they've spoken to them on an emotional level so much. You know, there's something to identify with. I mean, there's a 13-year-old and listening to the Holy Bible. So much there to There you go.
0: With. You've, you've absolutely nailed exactly what I think I was in a roundabout way trying to <laughs> sort, of, sort of say, it was... Um, yeah, is, is that it? Obviously, hit you in a very, a very specific personal sort of um, place. I mean, are, are you comfortable talking about the way in which the music kind of speaks to you? Is that okay?
1: I, I will try. I can mean, you, can wow. you articulate
0: something like that? Because I I've, I often find it really hard to articulate the ways in which a song will speak to me. I suppose if we let's let, let's start at the beginning, Emily. Um, what is music? Oh
1: crikey! Right.
0: I'm gonna to have to rush
1: you Oh God <laughs> right I don't want to say anything hammy um music has has just been so important throughout my entire life. it's shaped my whole life mm. it's 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 a lot more than a few notes strung together it's 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 stories it's. Emotions, it's expression, it's art, it's it helps form bonds with people. It helps. It 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 can make. It can lift you up. It can talk to you. It can understand you.
0: that's a, that's such a perfect answer that is like no that's a great answer and it's a horrible horrible question um, <laughs> And <difficult>. I, I, <laughs> I ask it to everybody who comes on on the podcast um and that's potentially uh the uh, the best answer that we've had so oh. bearing those things in mind how does the manics fit into that for you in terms of storytelling and kind of what are they communicating to you do you think
1: it's okay it's okay to be a fuck up
0: yeah, that's really lovely. That is, you know, that sounds quite dark, but um, but actually, that, uh, yeah, they, they have um, well, that's what they are, really, aren't they? They're kind of bitter, <laughs> twisted people. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like it's okay, you know, we get it too. Um, especially when you're a young teenager, or even if you're older and you're just lonely and you don't you know for someone to understand kind of Mm. your shit even if it's non-specific you know um the that happened to me that fucked me up definitely didn't happen to the manics but the emotions there's there's so many things that are emotional that
0: yeah i think everybody to some degree not to put words in your mouth or or anybody's really like so everybody experiences some kind of of trauma Hmm. And and although that the the specifics of that won't be the same for everybody, the, the the way that we talk about the traumas that we carry around is often very similar. Yes, and so uh, I you know um, that's been a big source of comfort in my own life as well. Without getting specific about any kind of trauma that I've been through, the way that the manic specifically Richie talks about trauma, um, I found very comforting, and I think that's like yeah it's nice to have that yeah because then it becomes something that you can rely on as well i think music
1: oh but yeah very much so it it's there when other people might not be it, it it's it's a constant it can be a constant in your life which it has been on mine and i'm sure lots of other people's but yeah mm. you've always got that you know richie gets me sort of thing haven't you yeah, that, that little sort especially
0: of thing. especially at 13
1: <laughs> yes oh god absolutely because you yeah. don't know that other people might feel like you at 13 especially back in the 90s before we had internet you know
0: oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, so 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 we get to so you become you know quite uh, like you say uh devoted to the manics and then what well, what is it that uh that makes you kind of take time off from them
1: Um, Well, it was was a few things. Don't Um, say, no, your enemy. (laughs) Not exactly. Not exactly. More lifeblood.
0: Oh, right, okay.
1: Not exactly. To be honest, it was a combination of I I kicked off my career. Mm. That's what I thought. Um, And I also kicked off my drinking career.
0: Ah, which one was more successful?
1: Oh, well, it depends how you define (laughs) drinking careers. If you... (laughs) I don't drink now, let's just say that. Ah,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was very successful at the time. It was a very yeah.
1: successful drinking career, yes. Uh, yeah, my actual career went okay, but then I didn't realise I didn't want to do it. But basically, it just it took over my entire life. It became my... I didn't really... Well, I think my special interest at the time was Pokemon, but it kind of just flitted about. I didn't really have anything outside of work. It was all... You know, we still listen to some music at work, but my chef didn't like the Mannix much, so, you know, it was more like stuff like Jimmy Eat World. Um, And I stopped going to gigs. You know, if if I couldn't have a pint of wine, I wasn't happy. You, You know, I just... The last time I saw the Mannix in that area of time was 2002, and I went to the Forever Delayed tour.
0: Right,
1: yeah. Marina, And I just spent it hammered and flirting with some guy who I'd met at Reading Festival the, the year before. And, um, yeah, I'm just drinking shitloads of red wine. I only have very patchy memories of the gig. So that sort of, you know, between 2002 and, well, 2014, I only saw them once. Oh, wow. Uh, You know, they played Rock City in 2007 and there was no way in hell I wasn't going, you know, from
0: Nottingham. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, And yeah, I mean, I I got back into music briefly in 2006 with Radiohead um, and I met my ex through Radiohead. Um,
0: That was a good time to be a Radiohead fan.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's
0: just when I got into Radiohead. And was, ah.
1: They were
0: playing all that new stuff that would become In Rainbows. And... Oh, God,
1: yes. Yeah, yeah those, little, those little gigs in May. And, oh, yeah, I went to a few of them. Yeah. Oh,
0: did you? Oh, I'm so jealous. Oh, sorry. Not, <laughs> not not old enough to be going to gigs on my own at that point.
1: Oh, right. Okay.
0: Uh, actually, that's not true. I just uh, Yeah, I just wasn't there with the Radiohead fandom quite yet.
1: Yeah, whereas so, it was my absolute thing, you know. Um, they're,
0: they're another band that do kind of promote that special interest kind of uh, kind of feeling. Um,
1: absolutely, yeah. They've got yeah. such devotion levels amongst their fans. In 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 very different ways, it comes out in different ways, but it's mm. it's there <laughs> because again, Tom, the outsider
0: singing yeah, about absolutely. Lots
1: of things, you know.
0: Yeah. So so then, what is it that then drew you back? to the manics because you are now firmly back in the fold of 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 (laughs) manics
1: yes absolutely um well i i split all my ex Mm. um so i was finding myself again because he'd he'd not he'd not purposely repressed me but he had So you know, like all my music stuff was in the cellar and got ruined by a flood. The only he didn't he hated the Manics. So you know, I'd I'd gone doing the drinking career thing and the career thing, and then I was doing the drinking thing and the X thing, Mm. and neither of that was conducive with any music. But Radiohead, because he liked them, so um, was little with him. um, Spent a few years moping around and getting. Hammered, And then in 2014, I stopped drinking. So um, my best friend and I uh, had moved in together after I'd split up with my ex. And um, we saw the Holy Bible 20 advertised. And, you know, oh, wow. we both loved the Holy Bible together. Um, he, you know, he was my friend back in the day. we go to gigs together where all the boas and the tiaras. Um, and so we were like, right, oh, great, let's do this. Uh, and then I got sober while we were waiting for the... Um, the gig to come around. Anyway, the gig, we go up to Manchester, standing in the crowd, and James walks on stage. And first thing I thought, he looked like another of my exes, who is okay. now my partner. Ah. <laughs> um, and then the second thing was, holy shit, this is it. This is what I've been missing. Oh, wow. That And that gig.
0: It was that instant of realization to you?
1: It was, yeah, it was bang. Second they, they started, yes. I was like, fucking hell, I've been missing that. You know, Barry, my friend who I was with, was going crazy, dancing, and they're like, oh, my God, i forgot to get them. You know, um, and that launched the re-obsession. To, to, a, to a lesser extent, it did with Barry as well, you know, because mm. um, he, he'd always loved the Mannix, big Mannix fan. They were his second favourite band after Garbage, but that had more to do with Shirley Manson than anything. Sure,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um... And, yeah, so it was great living with someone who could, you know, we sort of explored that a bit more. And my other friends had come down from Liverpool for it. Again, they were old school Mannix fans. And we just looked at each other after the gig. And my friend Fiona went, Cardiff? Because they just announced Cardiff Castle.
0: For a yeah.
1: hotel 20. And we were like, yeah. She's like, it's okay, I booked a hotel 10 minutes ago.
0: While we <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so. That's great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, I started catching up on everything I'd missed.
0: I was going to say, did you then play catch-up with, um, you know, uh, Journal for Plague Lovers and Postcards and, and all of that stuff? Yeah. Well, what, did, what did you make of it, being able to go back and um, kind of catch up with it in one go rather than having to wait between albums?
1: Well, it was kind of exhausting in a lot of ways. Right, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> and
1: it was... It was very odd because I didn't do it in order either.
0: Okay.
1: Was, first, I went back to Journal for Plague obviously, because bre- I'd, I'd listened to that very briefly because someone had um, put a download link when it came out in my sure. radio forum. So I'd listened to it. I remembered I'd liked, you know I'd liked it at the time. Um, the and that's other, the
0: uh, era that you had kind of gotten to know them in as well. That kind of Richie lyrics sort of, yeah, thing, yes. isn't it? So yeah.
1: I was like, oh, this is really good to write in my ex. And rhymes. was like, it was boring to so. Anyway, that, that <laughs> I went by the way, so I didn't listen to it again. Is that how
0: he talked. Wow.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm not being generous towards him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I went to the Journal of Plague Lovers first, loved it. Um, what did I do next? Bloody hell, I'm trying to think what I did next. I think I may have done postcards next. Mm. Loved certain songs, didn't love the album. That still stands. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> And then I went to Send Away the Tigers, which I loved. Oh, okay and then i thought i'll try lifeblood uh, yeah
0: and no no still no <laughs> Although
1: I, I do like a few songs on it now which right, okay. is different from before do you know what to be honest i think the first time i, put, I heard lifeblood i put emily on and i was like nope
0: <laughs> that's such a shame <laughs> oh
1: and do you know what last time i met james he sang it to me and i was like
0: oh, no that's nice I I guess you don't want this episode to open with that song, then. too too cheesy? Oh, God.
1: (laughs) You can do whatever you feel, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, what was after Lifeblood? Um, Futurology, which I loved. I was like, whoa, is this cool? I
0: really liked Futurology. Yeah, I
1: love that album. It's fantastic. It's so different. I love it. I love how clunky it is. Yeah. Um, And then I think Rewind the Film was the last one. Okay. Uh, uh, which i
0: was like oh that's
1: pretty a pity. yeah that's got
0: some nice it, nice it bits does. on it yeah it
1: has very much so yes
0: and then um and then more recently you got involved with the uh the secret 7 inch sort of thing didn't you yes now for people who don't know and i didn't know until about 4 or 5 weeks ago what is secret 7 inch
1: right how do i explain
0: yeah, it's it seems like it should be easy, but it's all slightly more complicated. It's so than, uh... <laughs>
1: complicated. I'm just trying to think if I've got anything handy where I've explained it before, but I don't think I have, so I'm just going to try, and let's hope. Unless, Kev, are you able to... Oh, no, no, you always get it slightly wrong, don't you? Do I? Yeah, yeah, you always get the numbers wrong a little bit. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I keep calling on and he's like, in his own little world, and anyway. Okay, so... Um, it's run by a chap whose name escapes me which shouldn't because he's lovely and I've chatted to him extensively Um, and he does it every he did it every about every 18 months for a different every well 18 months two years for a different (laughs) charity so that year uh, which was 2018 um, was um, he was doing it for Mind and No Surface or Feeling was uh, one of the tracks so what happens is they choose seven tracks which yep. they get donated by like whatever record company they've approached so this time it was like sony so seven tracks and then it's a hundred versions
0: of, of each, each one track. yes right, yeah. seven hundred
1: yeah, yeah. and then they popped it out that you do the artwork so okay. they're looking for 700 pieces of unique art
0: Oh, so every single piece of vinyl has a unique piece of artwork? Yeah,
1: so I'll show you okay. an example quickly. The cupboard's right here, so I may as well. <laughs> um, oh, I
0: can see a journal for plague lovers thing in a frame there.
1: Oh, I yeah, that's from a, her, the ex- Jenny Savile exhibition. Can in can see a set
0: list. This will all just stay in. That's fine, <laughs> I don't need to edit this at all.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, if you can see that, yes. those are three yeah, yeah.
0: ones. Okay, so, cool.
1: Yeah, so it's all um, the 700.
0: 700 pieces of, of, of artwork on 700 pieces of, of vinyl. Yes. With, uh, yeah, seven songs, 100 each. And so you did one of them, right? Yes. You, you, were, you were selected to contribute.
1: Yes. So um, you had to submit it in a very faffy way uh, online. Or you could do a physical copy, which I didn't do. uh, But I I, so I submitted it, and um, yeah, I got the congratulations email. Um, A couple of my friends did it too, but they didn't get selected, Uh, uh, which I felt bad about because you know they look as much as I do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I got selected, um, and they sort of invite you to to the exhibition because it's a big exhibition. And this time it was on. Uh, Greenwich Peninsula sort of, uh, period. I don't know how familiar you are with London. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know that.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was plonked in this essentially a greenhouse, um, um, and I couldn't go to the opening thing because I had something on. And I forgot what it was. Probably working. Um, but I went down to see the um, exhibition when the boys played Meltdown. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, because I was living in Nottingham at the time, to clarify. Um, so me, Kim and Beata, my um, three friends, we did a recce. We were uh, figuring out which one the Mannix were. Um, <laughs> trying to figure it out. Because that's another thing about Secret Seven. You, you can't have anything on the cover to say what it is. No lyrics. You know, nothing about the right. band. Although okay. loads of people cheat. Like, you know, one of the entries that year was a massive, um, uh, what are they called? papier-mâché fucking Bobby Gillespie face.
0: Right, okay. That that's a, a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So what did you do for your piece of artwork?
1: Um, it's one of the ones I just showed you. I, I use something existing. I do, um, so like you commented on the set, this thing.
0: You do like collage work? Yeah, I do work. collages
1: yeah. and stuff like that. So I did one for basically Barry, who I've mentioned before. Uh, he died in 2017. And, you know, he was like my manic skid partner. Um, so we booked to go to Bingley Festival together when they played that. And um, obviously he couldn't go. So, you know, I, I went with a couple of friends. Um, and I, I got the set list and I got home and I was like, I need to make some art of this. So I did. And it turned out to be a painting Um, um, and it was very cathartic.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs)
1: Um, And yeah, I I ended up using that. I basically scanned my enormous painting, a section of my enormous painting. (laughs) and just sent that in. That's
0: that's really nice. And that's such, um, I can't actually think of a better song either for like that kind of, um, that feeling of catharsis. Than, uh, than No Surface All Feeling has. Yeah. That's, that's a really nice marriage of uh, song and, and artwork, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, off, off the back of that um, secret seven-inch thing, you, you, you ended up in a film, mm. right? That is about kind of what we're talking about now, which is kind of like fandom and maybe kind of the uh, obsessive nature of fandom, but also focused a lot on on mental health. Yes. Can, can you tell us how, how that kind of came about, how you ended up in a film about that kind of stuff?
1: Well, the film is called For the Record, and it's by it Paul is. Wyatt. Thank you. <laughs> um,
0: Make sure we get the plug in.
1: Yeah, good. Um, and basically, he was at Secret 7, and um, I think he'd been commissioned um, to do some filming on it. Mm. Um, and he, he was going around, he was interviewing, because it was a... It was a bit like a, a sort of. It was like a weird manic thing because there was a queue, to, to, right. but basically, I, I, I'll just give you a bit of a clarification. When um, when they close the exhibition, that's when they sell the pieces. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So um, they were closing it on a Sunday, and so people start queuing from like the Friday because you know there's all oh, sorts. Oh wow! Of, yeah, well, there's. An, well, they're
0: very limited, I suppose. Aren't and they?
1: there's Jeremy Della, you know, yeah. there's these famous artists in there as well. Um, so you know the art the art fans started queuing from like two days in advance. So you know he came down on the Saturday to get to get some information, and he, um, I started queuing on Saturday morning. So I did one one overnight, and Beata and Kim joined me in the afternoon. And he just he interviewed a number of people, and he interviewed me, and we got on well. And I guess he thought I was good on camera, um, and he then did on the sunday came back and he decided he wanted to follow me when they opened the doors because what they do is they um they do open the door and then they count for like 20 seconds and then they let another person in and they right, count and okay. they let another person in so you're really like that, trying to get with the vinyl that you want
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really stressful
1: yeah it is but it's good that they give you that 20 seconds i'll tell you oh so,
0: really oh yeah i suppose you it makes fair, you, know, of you go crime, in too. your
1: that your order
0: you yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: um but yeah it's a bit stressful and there's some ridiculous footage of me like dropping one of the vinyl <laughs> and <all this> stuff. <laughs> so um um and then he just he contacted me a little while later a month or so later and just said i'd actually like to put a film together about this can i go and interview you so he um, came up to Nottingham and we did the interview, and he um, obviously interviewed a couple of other people who he'd met there. And then he he'd made the link that one of the one, the vinyl I'd got was um, uh, one with Nicky on the front, like Nicky mm. Richie sort of thing. And uh, the artist who'd done that had sent me uh, a little um, like his rough sketches of it oh, so wow. with the vinyl, so it's really cool. Um, and he loved that it'd gone to this big fan, and you know he he was amazed by it all. And so, uh, Paul wanted to interview him and me, you know, the sort of creator. Okay, yeah, and so this
0: receiver. all happened quite uh, organically as well. Then it's something it that did, grew yeah. out of something very spontaneous. Yeah,
1: it really yeah. did. And and then he got on to Tom Sheehan, which was incredible. Um, yeah, so. It all worked out really well. It's a lovely film. He's done such a good job.
0: Well, it looks really interesting, and and there was a screening of it on YouTube recently. And yes. I, I couldn't watch it because I was I was working, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but it looks really interesting. There's a great trailer that I'll put in in the show notes for um for it. But um, I I've you know I've I've talked to um to, to Paul Wyatt. I've I've been on his Twitter and stuff, and and it is coming out later in the year, isn't it? It will be like more widely yes. available. Yeah. He's
1: just he's just struggling with the, the, the rights to the music because when he was interviewing, I can never remember the man's name, Paul Pie Hat Guy, I call him. Okay. He was all in front of me in the queue. Um, incredible knowledge of music, especially in the 70s. He, he saw it all, you know, you name a good band in the 70s, he went to see them. Um, and um, unfortunately, he interviewed him in like a, a sort of artist space and they had music in the background.
0: Oh, no. And then, um, then, he, then he found out that it's going to cost like £30,000 to get that Diana Ross song or whatever it is.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh. That's... And
1: unfortunately, the pork pie hat man was saying something really good during it, so he couldn't really edit it out. So. Oh, no. Yeah.
0: That's a pain. He needs to start a Kickstarter or something.
1: Well, we keep saying this. It will get a lot of support from Manics fans. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Really and just, you know, sort of, fans of music in in general i think it, it looks like a really interesting film uh, um yeah it looks really interesting
1: yeah it's really nice it had its premiere at the what was it uh royal academy of
0: arts
1: is it the royal academy of arts or was it something else it was one of those like things <laughs>
0: royal something of arts or something. royal something of yeah. arts yeah that's
1: cool one. royal <laughs> society yeah it was posh anyway and there was oh, okay. like Champagne and shit. Not that I drank any. Um, I had my orange juice. And, you know, Tom Sheehan came along, which was amazing. I was like, I got to meet Tom Sheehan. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, that must have been cool. That must oh, have been a so cool good evening.
1: He's, he sent me some presents.
0: So, oh, yeah, really?
1: It was very cool.
0: Spill the beans. What did he send you?
1: Um, oh, I Still haven't put it on the wall.
0: Oh, that's cool that is a framed photo of of Richie with his sunglasses at the end of his nose holding a cigarette that is very cool yeah that's quite that's quite a a a famous photo as well yeah Yeah, that's that's really nice
1: lovely of him and he sent me a few like radio head bits as well which is, again, super lovely of him. So, you know, I've got a lovely picture of Tom York that he signed and, yeah.
0: Wow, remind me to bump into Tom Sheehan at some point, see if I can get some presents out <laughs> of him. Yeah,
1: I know. He's, <laughs> he's so lovely. he he lives down the road from me as well. No, really?
0: nurse, we're
1: having it's a weird.
0: chat, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten where, but, yeah. I tasked you with a horrible task.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> which is... But again, it's another one of those things that I've asked everybody who's, who, who has been or will be coming on the podcast. Top 10 Manic songs. Yep. How did you get on?
1: Right. Okay. Well, luckily in like 2016, I've done a top 40 and then a okay,
0: top 10. Okay. Okay. So I to go on. So you, you, <laughs> so managed, you, you were laughing able laughing to whittle it song. down.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I went with the contenders from the top 40 first.
0: Okay. Okay. And then I you had it a long down. list and a short list. Now, okay, are these going to be in order? No. No. Okay, so these are your top ten, but they could be in any order at any on any given day.
1: Yes, well, right. sort of. I shall. I mean, first off, I kind of cheated, and I wanted a favorite cover and a favorite James song because
0: okay. they would no, okay. the top ten. It's your top ten. It's your top ten.
1: Okay. So my favorite cover is "Wake Up Alone."
0: Oh, I don't even know that one.
1: Oh my God!
0: What Goodness, <laughs> do it? What is
1: that? Um, It's a cover of an Amy Winehouse song. They did it in twenty twelve. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever heard that. It's on YouTube. It's, it's not that well known. You know, when I put it in my group, like a few people were like, "Oh, we haven't heard that before." Basically, it's so sexy. Oh really? Oh, I mean James. Oh.
0: I can't think of that many sexy Manic Street Preachers. Oh dude,
1: dude, you need to listen to this song. Oh my god, it's amazing.
0: Okay, right. It's a uh, it well, drip again, sex. It's, it's incredible. Anyway. Uh, erasure and uh, yeah, the one I Okay, cool. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, so
1: favorite James song, which way to Kiffin, which is uh on my arm.
0: Oh yeah, you have a tattoo there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. that's that's a really that's a cool song. Um, from uh, an underrated album that I think doesn't get. Yeah,
1: enough, I I enough do love. really like that album. It's lovely. yeah. You know, it I've is. got a lot it's of the
0: artwork nice. from it. This it's is It's all... not... Oh, yeah, that
1: is nice. Yeah, so that's all from the artwork um, yeah. from the
0: Great West. It's not like a, a groundbreaking album or <laughs> anything, but it's very pleasant.
1: Yeah, it is, it's, it's lovely. It's really
0: nice, yeah. It's
1: lovely, so it's not going to win any awards, but it's lovely. And, you know, he tried, and it was very sweet. Um, yeah,
0: very earnest, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was. And it yeah. was like, oh, I just want to kind of stroke his head. But i, yeah, know, I, I maybe didn't
0: have that that reaction
1: <laughs> well no but you, you know it's like <laughs> it's, I, I, yeah he, he, i think he you know he did a really good job i'm really looking forward to his new solo st- well sort of solo patricky oh
0: of- yeah the yeah. uh thing about the chilean revolutionary yeah, victiara yeah, yeah, that's going to be very interesting. Yes. James Dean Bradfield doing a concept album. <laughs>
1: I'm saying quite,
0: quite up for that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what Lucas and Steve will make of that. We'll find out, I suppose. We will find out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's okay. So those make it into your top 10, which means we've got eight Manics. Oh, no,
1: no, no, 10. no. Those are separate.
0: Oh, dude. oh, those are separate. I have to have those. Oh, I separate. see. That's why I did it. Oh, okay, so I'm you've sorry. cheated and gone with 12.
1: Yeah, that's why we're going oh, the I
0: will to be Oh, I see. song.
1: Now these are actual Manix songs now. Okay, this right. This is my actual Manic's top 10. Let's go. Okay, well my my f- absolute favourite song is No Surface or Feeling.
0: Great song. Yeah. So. Really great song. Yes. Really beautiful. Yeah.
1: Um and then in in no particular order because it varies all the time, uh Tsunami, which She's a weird oh, voice. Yes, yeah. My it's my it's it's the song I can listen to where I never get sick of it.
0: Okay, yeah, you are really talking Steve's language at the moment. Okay. Because so, so far on the run through, his two favourite songs have been No Service or Feeling and Tsunami. So,
1: oh. Yeah,
0: you guys may- would get on.
1: We, we may not stay that way, but let's. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but no, I, I do. I love Tsunami. Um, air faster. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's got to be in there, hasn't it? <laughs> it's just, well, you, you know. Uh, be Natural.
0: Oh, now, now that is a song that probably wouldn't appear in most people's top ten Manic songs of all time. What is it about that song that uh, that puts it in the top ten for you? Um,
1: When I was, um, a lot of people when they stop drinking have a phase where they are, oh my god, the world! I can do anything. Anyway, (laughs) so I tried to do everything in the world. Had a big breakdown, and um, during this breakdown, I'd have periods of immense highness like manic highs and during one of them i was listening to this is my truth and be natural came on and i just completely understood the song
0: (laughs) it just it just unlocked for you
1: i had images colors you know i made a little painting of it it was like magic um so i loved it from that point you know i could still listen to it and see all those colors and Mm. all the images um and then on the "This Is My Truth" 20th anniversary tour, they played it every night. They did, yeah. And I, I was that. not that I fell out of love with it; cause I never did. But I had even more of a new, renewed love with it because yeah. it was previously in my top 40, but not my top 10. So those seeing that live so many times has popped it up there again because it's
0: I'll a just... great song. It's one of my favorites as well. Yeah, um, it's definitely one of my favorites on "This Is My Truth." Yeah. Um, yeah great great song yeah, yeah. absolutely
1: uh removables oh,
0: except so now you're talking my language <laughs> because <laughs> because a lot of people do not like removables i
1: know they're like it's oh, it one like of like my favorites
0: longer. it's one I of my it. favorites on more, everything t- must go
1: more tattoo
0: oh yeah oh that's cool <laughs> I love removables. There's just something about it. And James's voice on removables. Oh, it's so really cool.
1: Amazing. And the lyrics yeah. and the, just the, the constant sort of I don't know. I should I love that song.
0: Yeah, really that. good. Really good. I'm completely with you so far.
1: Thank you. Okay, um Patrick Bateman.
0: <laughs> okay, now you've lost me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you've lost me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't get the fuss about it. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, it's hilarious! Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so.
1: It's just... It's just... James waving his cock around, you know? I mean, he's... (laughs) he's, You know, he said in an interview in, in like, 1996 that he ruined the song because Richie wrote these amazing lyrics and he just basically spunked all over it.
0: Right, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And... Yeah, I, I, I've, I've always loved that song because, it, um, you know, it was a B-side uh, and I had it on vinyl and the vinyl was terrible and scratched and it was all crinkly and mm. uh, I just, or, you know, for, for nearly a decade, that's the only copy I had of it and I loved it. And uh, also, you know, it's a bond with Barry. Barry also loved Patrick Payman So he'd right, okay. be parent's vinyl player and just be like, yeah! <laughs> so he's got a lot of happy memories as well. That's good, uh, yeah. I recently got hold of a demo of it, which was one of the most exciting things ever, because obviously I've never heard another version of it, so I was like, oh, there's two versions now! (laughs) So, uh, got a bit enthusiastic there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good, that's good. We should move on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay, uh, Sleep Flower.
0: Okay, another one from the God Against the Soul era.
1: Yeah, so Sleep Flower was always sort of top 40, but um, yeah. seeing it in the gigs last year. Yeah. yeah,
0: they've been playing it again recently, haven't they? Oh,
1: my God. That oh, is such a, f-
0: a fun just, song.
1: Oh, it's amazing live. It was just batshit. So much fun. And yeah. yet I just forgot how incredible that riff is, you know.
0: Oh, it's it's in my head uh, almost every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> A, that's one of the things I'm most excited about for the remaster. Actually, is getting like a, a slightly better quality sleep flower that'll that'll do well in my headphones. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: That and reassessing Patrick Bateman now. That's been added to my list.
1: <laughs> I mean, the demo isn't on the that I'm referring to isn't
0: on that. No, 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 no. But, but just having, but the, having remaster, the remastered version yes. will be will be nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: think I actually have a copy of Patrick Bateman anywhere.
1: But I mean. I, I, don't, I don't like the intro and outro of Patrick Babeman, but, you
0: know. Okay, okay.
1: But, you know. Um, I went backwards there. Okay, next, um, Hold Me Like a Heaven.
0: Oh, that's very recent. We've yes. gone all the way from, like, the beginning of their career to the... to the, to the the Now. Is that how I say that? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I
1: know it's in the wrong order, anyway. But that it's the is... only, only recent one in the top ten, which is disappointing to me.
0: Well, myself. yeah. I, you know, but... I... I like a lot of their most recent work, but not a lot of it stands out in the same way that yes. some of the, some of the other songs in your top ten do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But but hold me like a heaven is one of those, and it's
1: yeah.
0: That's a really lovely song. I, I love really it. like that a I, lot. I, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, when when I first got the album, it was the song that just stood out by miles. I yeah. the Song from the second I heard it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's incredible
1: live. Well, it, it's good live, but you know, if, if Gavin would just stop playing the guitar in it because it gets a bit muddy. But you know,
0: it's, yeah, it's very. I mean, they've got three guitarists up there now, haven't they? And... Well, well,
1: Gavin didn't come on the last tour, so it's fine.
0: Did he not? I no. Think he was there for.
1: Not on uh, this is my truth. He was there for the Resistance is Futile tour.
0: Oh, he was there when I went to see him in Southampton. Was he? Yeah, cuz I didn't go on I didn't go to the Resistance is Futile tour cuz that was the that, that was the period where I'd fallen out of love with uh, with the Manics.
1: Oh, what Resistance is Futile?
0: Yeah, it's only kind of p- part of the reason for doing this podcast is to see if I do still really love Manic Street Preachers.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Uh, spoiler alert, I do. It turns out I really do. <laughs> I've
1: got that? Yeah. I've got to say <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's been nice, kind of reconnecting.
1: <laughs> Next, she is suffering.
0: Uh, okay, so yeah, the original one of the first things you bought. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be in the top ten. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So even though the band don't like it and um, they, yeah, yeah, they poo poo it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's, I don't, I don't love it. I've got to be honest, it, it's not the strongest moment it, on no. the Holy Bible for me. It Sounds a bit like Every Breath You Take. <laughs>
1: I mean, a lot of people don't like the song. But for me, I suppose there's so much nostalgia involved.
0: Well, that's the thing is is often the the music that we feel most connected to, it, it's less about the actual song than it is about the memories that you associate with the song. Yeah. Or the feelings that you associate with the song. So it may, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah. there's also that guitar bit where it sort of... The solo goes into the next bit.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, I know what you mean. You
1: know what I mean.
0: James sustains the note. Uh yeah. yes yeah. through the that. through the verse. Yeah. I
1: adore that bit. Yeah, it is good. Um and the last one is another one I'm full of tattoos for. Um uh, oh, yeah. is uh, Nobody Loved You.
0: Nobody loved you. Another one from This Is My Truth.
1: Yes. Which they deleted, but you know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was not happy about that. No. Uh, spoilers for the next episode of this uh of this podcast, but uh, yeah, we get into it when we cover This Is My Truth. Um I really like that song. Um I was sad not to see it on the This Is My Truth tour.
1: I was. I really wanted to hear it live.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: Oh well. I mean prologue's fantastic, but yeah, I'd yeah. seen it live already, so I was quite happy with not
0: seeing it. Also that. it doesn't really fit at that place of the album either prologue to history
1: no i don't think it does either i mean the original reason they didn't put it on was because it didn't fit on the album
0: exactly exactly (laughs) that is an absolutely great top 10 emily and i'm gonna um i'm gonna put that up on spotify as a playlist so that people can listen to your top 10 interesting that there's none of like the you know the the big you know there's no tolerate there's no design for life
1: tolerate never been a fan
0: Really? Okay.
1: Never like that song. You know, fair I did not like it, but I like it live. I love the very intense red lights.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um and um I, I love a design for life and I love I love it live.
0: Mm.
1: Um you know, I, I genuinely love it. We, we played it at Barry's funeral, you know. So sure. we did uh, we did the um the strings version at the funeral oh the
0: the stealth sonic yes yeah oh that's beautiful that's really nice
1: um so you know i do adore it and it made the top 40 but i I wonder if it's a case of fatigue of it almost
0: it's it's what lucas would call an invisible song because you are so aware of it and it is such a part of the fabric of british popular music that everybody just kind of takes it as a given that it exists do you know what i mean
1: yeah that's interesting like
0: it's not in your top 10 even though it's it's a great song because it just you know like you said Fatigue you've heard it probably thousands of times now yeah and and yeah it just doesn't get Um, it's what Lucas would call an invisible song to quote yeah. Lucas yeah
1: it's still Magic Live as that closer though
0: yeah. yeah 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 it's brilliant Emily thank you so much for doing this we have waffled on for an hour
1: okay
0: <laughs> yes we have <laughs> ah. hello again it's me just coming in at the end it wasn't that nice it was lovely i really enjoyed talking to Emily. it was great make sure that you do uh, keep up to date with paul wyatt's film for the record um as I said in the interview, it looks really interesting. I'm actually pretty good, but I haven't had the chance to check it out yet. And hopefully when all of this COVID-19 lockdown stuff is done, there will be uh, a chance for us all to see it. Um, thank you ever so much for listening. Normal service resumes next week as we uh, crack on with This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours and do our uh, our track by track in what is, I think, our longest episode yet by quite a way so, uh, so buckle up for that one um, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Manix Podcast you can get in touch with us on Instagram at Manix Podcast and uh, you can also email us Podcast at gmail.com I've had some really lovely uh, emails from, from some of you uh, we'll get around to reading them out at some point uh, and until then um, I can never remember if we do the sign off or not So uh, just remember that we live in urban hell and we destroy rock and roll. Bye.